Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. Welcome in on this Friday to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Always glad that you are with me on a day after. I mean, if you haven't listened to yesterday's podcast, I don't really encourage people to not listen to stuff I do. Uh, but don't bother listening to yesterday's show. Uh, baseball didn't happen, obviously. Like the second I hit post on the recording, the word came out that baseball is going to be canceled today. So we've got two games today starting at 2 o'clock. So I'm going to spend most of my time on Elijah Moore Pro Day and stuff like that because this podcast will be rendered obsolete here in a couple hours. So I'm going to try to keep it relevant for you today and talk about Elijah Moore's performance at Pro Day yesterday. A lot to take away from that. Uh, Just a really special day for a guy like that. So, again, welcome in. I am Michael Borky. Always glad you're with me. Check out the streams in the morning, by the way, 8 o'clock on my YouTube page or on social media channels uh, every morning, 8 a.m. Not just talking about Ole Miss on those, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, other sports things that interest me. Uh, Check that out if you haven't already. Of course, subscribe to this podcast. If this is the only way that you hear me, Uh, Hit that subscribe button, leave a rating, and a review. I am always glad that you guys are with me. And uh, check out LB's. So we've got grilling weather upcoming, like I said yesterday. I mean, you've got a a day-to-day. If you haven't already, go to LB's, get something to slap on the grill, uh, catch the second game of this doubleheader. Maybe some rain coming tomorrow, but grilling weather is here. And get that started at LB's just across from Kroger on University Avenue. They're in Oxford. Tell Greg that we... He sent you or let them do the cooking for you. They have daily lunch specials Monday through Friday, but they are open every day. So if you want to do something with meat, LB's is the place to get that started. You do have baseball today. The pitching staff is basically at full strength. Everybody traveled. I don't understand the the rule that just simply does not allow – a series to do the – here's the thing that doesn't make sense to me, right? So Ole Miss was supposed to play last night, Thursday night, against Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Bad weather coming through the area. They had to postpone the game. They cannot move it to Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Instead, they've got to play two games today and one tomorrow and cannot use Sunday because of uh, stupid rules. Uh, Shouldn't your goal be to have the season – and every game be as played as normally as possible. Isn't that the goal? Shouldn't that be the goal anyway? Is to get these games in as normally as possible. So, yes, not every series this weekend started on Thursday, so it would give Ole Miss and Alabama, you can call it an unfair advantage or whatever if you'd like, um, to play three games in four days instead of three games in three days as scheduled. But shouldn't you strive to get every game in as normally as possible? This That rule doesn't make any sense to me. So now Ole Miss and Alabama are playing two games today differently than everybody else's first two games of the weekend. I know it's kind of splitting hairs a little bit, but the goal should be making the playing field as level as possible. And a doubleheader is different than playing a game on Friday night and on Saturday. It just is. 
So I don't understand this at all. But either way, if uh, you don't have to focus at work, you've got a hell of a day coming. You can just kick back and and watch baseball, man. I mean, put the stream up on your computer and act like you're working or whatever and enjoy your afternoon. Uh, we will be doing, even though baseball will cover up most of our stations, like nine or eight of our 12, um, we'll be doing that today too. I mean, reacting live to, to the baseball games that are going on right in front of our faces. Um, I think it's an important series for Ole Miss. Alabama isn't particularly good. Uh, they're certainly not bad, but they're not the best team Ole Miss will see all year. Tuscaloosa has been a place that they've not had great success in the past. Uh, but starting SEC, I mean, here, you know, breaking news, here's a hot take for you. This is why you guys pay me the big bucks. This is why you uh, subscribe to this podcast to hear analysis like this. Um, if Ole Miss can win a series here and start SEC play in 5-1, and one, they don't have to do anything remarkable down the stretch. I think I said this yesterday, but again, don't listen to it if you if if you haven't already. Uh, everything that I said yesterday was uh, it was Edwin was not my best day at all uh, for sure. Uh, but on top of that, everything was rendered obsolete like <laughs> an hour after I posted it, um, with pro day happening and the baseball games getting canceled. But. Um, if they can start SEC play five and one, they don't have to do anything remarkable down for the rest of the season. All they have to do is take care of business at home, salvage a game on the road for the rest of the season. It it doesn't always go like that. You guys know that. It never goes like that. However, that's all they have to do. They don't have to play above their heads. They don't have to steal a sweep somewhere. None of that stuff. If they can take two, and oh my gosh, if they can take three this weekend, um, they are setting themselves up to not have to do anything crazy to be a national seed. It's a big, big, very important weekend. Winning five of your first six in SEC play, regardless of who the opponent is, is just an awesome start. So we'll see if they can pull that off. Um, I may, I may do a reaction podcast on Sunday after the radio show. We will see. I'll let you know. In fact, you'll know when when it gets uploaded if I do it. I'll I'll consider it. I was supposed to rent a um, a stump grinder this weekend, and it's not available for me. So I got some free time on Sunday. I might sit down and record a reaction podcast for your Sunday after the radio show. We will see. But that's coming up this weekend. Obviously, baseball, big, big, big deal. Very important baseball games this weekend. I think they can take two. If they can take three, holy crap, what a start. I don't care that Auburn and Alabama aren't the best teams in the SEC. If you can start the season with two sweeps, that's getting way ahead of my skis, I know. But if they can start the season with two sweeps, oh, buddy, we're we're having very unique conversations about this team. Um, anyway, but we'll see what happens this weekend in baseball. I wanted to talk today about Elijah Moore, um, because what he did at pro day yesterday, which is basically his combine, right? There's no combine. That was his combine to, to say he made a lot of money yesterday. I think undersells his journey some, and let me preface all this by saying Elijah Moore's always been talented. 
I mean, it's not like Lane Kiffin made him into a talented guy. He was he was a talented guy in high school. I mean, he always had this capability. It just took the right coaching to unlock it. But yesterday was – it's not the end because the draft will be the end. But yesterday was the confirmation of, of what everybody thought about Elijah Moore's season and the turnaround. I love stories like this. This is the kind of stuff I root for, especially because it was a self-inflicted thing. Because Elijah Moore is human, just like all of us. And I gravitate towards stuff like this because I've been there. I mean, I have, in my life, I'm sure all of you can point to a story where I've done something stupid that sent set me back. And he redeemed himself. I love stories like this. I love this story. This is why I love and we love sports so much because a guy in the Egg Bowl in 2019 did something really stupid. The dog pee celebration in that moment was really stupid. And it cost his team the game, essentially. I mean, if you had a competent kicker, then you don't have to worry about it, but they didn't. He takes that penalty. Kicker misses a long extra point. Ole Miss loses the Egg Bowl. And you guys remember the reaction to that nationally. I do. I was part of the reaction, as were a lot of you. It was one of the more selfish and stupid things that you can see done on a football field in that moment. And for like a week, he was the laughing stock of college football. Everybody knew who Elijah Moore was because he did the dog pee celebration that cost his team the game. Cost his team the game, the most important game, a rivalry game, and a few days later it, later it got his coach fired. And because everybody likes Matt Luke, I'm sh- presumably Elijah Moore really liked Matt Luke as well. Everybody likes Matt Luke. So he costs his team their rivalry game. He gets his coach fired. And instead of transferring like he could have, looking for a fresh start or whatever, escaping Oxford and escaping Ole Miss, he stuck around. And via stroke of luck or just really, really good leadership from Keith Carter, after he decides to move on from Matt Luke, and I told you guys before, that was a decision that took some some guts because it was not popular locally. There was some significant old Miss people that did not like that Keith Carter moved on from Matt Luke, and they let him know, but he did it, and he hires Lane Kiffin. And that really worked out for Elijah Moore, as it turns out. But here's a kid that was the laughing stock of college football, got his coach fired. He could have transferred. He could have let that mistake turn into – more mistakes in life. He could have quit. He could have let that define him. And instead, Elijah Moore stuck it out at Ole Miss. He put his head down. He went to work. And in eight games, he broke records at a place that he shared a position with Laquan Treadwell, who was a first-round pick. A.J. Brown, who should have been a first-round pick, who is dominating in the NFL right now. I know DK Metcalf battled injuries, but still, DK Metcalf. Ole Miss has put out elite-level receivers, man. I mean, they have absolutely been 
unbelievable wide receiver. And in four fewer games against SEC-only competition, Elijah Moore was completely uncoverable. J.C. Horn is going to be a first-round pick, cornerback from South Carolina. He beat Auburn by himself this past season. Couldn't cover him. Could not cover him. National championship winning Alabama could not cover him. Florida went to the SEC championship. Couldn't cover him. Nobody could. Broke Ole Miss records in eight games in SEC-only competition. And then he goes to the pro day. And he measures in at uh, 5'9", by the way, which is a good number for him. Uh, had 17 reps on the bench, which is a good number for a guy his size. Jumped at 36 inches. Broad jumped at over 10 feet. Ran a 4-3-2 40-yard dash. A 4-freaking-3-2. Did a four-second flat 20-yard. His three-cone was exceptional. Elijah Moore put on an absolute show yesterday. And he is set for a huge, life-changing payday. And if you haven't seen the video, I would encourage you to, to find it and check it out. It's all over social media of him when he's done with his workout. I presume this is mom um, walking over to the gallery. There was a small group of people that were able to watch Pro Day and giving what I assume is mom, um, maybe an older sister or something. Either way, just giving that hug. And you guys know what I mean by that hug, where he just put on a show. He knows he put on a show. The scouts there apparently were were telling NFL media that he that's a first-round talent, that he solidified standing or maybe changed some minds. And there was one quote that said, this kid is putting on a show. And, and he gave her a hug. And you can see in that moment, it was like, I did it. That solidified his life-changing payday that he's going to get. I can't help but root for people like that. I can't help but root for stories like that. I felt so good for that kid yesterday because I remember what was said about him. I contributed to it. I'm going to be honest. I, I called it one of the more selfish things you can do on a football field. Cost his team the Egg Bowl. It was true. Everybody knew who he was. Roasted him for days. He was on every talk show being made fun of across the country. Everybody knew who the dog pee celebration guy was. And now he turned that into what should be a first-round pick star. He changed the narrative about himself. That's why, I lo- that's, that's why you love sports. And like I had, for example, I had a Mississippi State fan in my mentions. Um. Because I, I joked on Twitter, here's what I said. I said, if Elijah Moore never gets flagged in the Egg Bowl, Ole Miss doesn't fire Matt Luke. If Ole Miss doesn't fire Matt Luke, they never hire Larry Kiffin. If they don't hire Kiffin, Moore doesn't have a record-breaking year. Dog pee celebrations are literally worth millions of dollars. Obviously, I'm joking. Um, and I got a reply that said, typical Ole Miss. Trying to turn a sad situation into bliss. Keep it up, buddy. That's why I follow y'all. That's how insane some people are. As if I am not overly fair to Mississippi State at any chance I can be. I I still get shit like that. It's mind-blowing. But sad situation? Sad situation. 
I don't understand some people. How can you not root for stuff like this? Even if you're a diehard Mississippi State fan or whatever. These kind of stories are what make me love sports. The guy completely changed the narrative about himself. A self-inflicted, stupid thing. And now he's a star. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, I would love for him to play New Orleans, although I think that the Saints will draft a... uh, They need to draft a linebacker in the first round. They should have last year, and they didn't. They definitely need to now. But there's, I mean, a handful of places, not even because of the Ole Miss connection. DK Metcalf, a compliment like Elijah Moore, that would be great. I think L.A. would be a good fit for him. Um, I would hate it for him, but Cleveland, I think, would be a good landing spot for him. Um, Dallas would be good because they need someone like him, but they need to use all seven of their draft picks on defense. There's a lot of places that could use somebody like him, and he belongs in the first round. I did not know that he was this kind of a burner. I knew he was fast. I didn't know he was this fast. On top of the crisp route running and the hands, doesn't drop the football. Um, He's a good dude in spite of what people seem to think. One mistake doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you a human. Um, he did, he belongs in the first round. He absolutely belongs in the first round. And like I said during the season, if you listen to this then, when you talk about greatest receivers in the history of the school, if his name doesn't come up, you're doing a disservice. It's not his fault he had to play under Rich Rodriguez. It's not his fault he had to play. In, <laughs> it's not. If he would have had three years of Kiffin, or freeze, shit. Put him in Hugh Freeze's offense. Um, he would. All, I mean, all of you would consider him the goat. But it's only one year we have to go by, and he only played in eight games. But those eight games are so impressive. And, and I saw yesterday, and I, I'm not making fun of this. I don't do that. Um, if you're in the content business, I know how hard it is. I'm not very good at it. I'm trying to get better. I know it's not easy. And I I certainly, yesterday's podcast was awful, guys. I'm just telling you the truth. Uh, You're not going to hit home runs every day. Um, So I'm not making fun. I just disagree with this line of thinking. I I saw that there were some practice observations yesterday um, where it was mentioned that there were a couple of receivers that looked really good that can replace Elijah Moore. There was one that it was said moves as good as any receiver in Ole Miss history. And, and again, I, I'm not making fun. I, I just I, I disagree. Um, when stuff like that is said, and I've said it before on this podcast, um, I've said it on the radio, I've said it anywhere that anybody's willing to listen to me. When you ask the question, or when you answer the question, who's going to replace Elijah Moore with somebody's name? Or this guy can replace Elijah Moore? Or this guy moves just like Elijah Moore or the, or whatever? I, I think that that is setting that kid up in particular for failure. Because just like who was going to replace A.J. Brown? Well, nobody. A.J. Brown's a unique player. <laughs> Special talent. Now, Elijah Moore stepped in and was incredibly productive, record-breaking productive, 
But he's not A.J. Brown. Completely different player. Ole Miss on this team does not have another Elijah Moore. Because when you say, oh, this guy who's barely cracked the rotation moves just as good as a guy that just ran a 4-3-2 and made NFL scouts text people in the media saying this kid's putting on a show, breaking records at the school. I, I just, when you do that, you are underselling how special Elijah Moore is. And that doesn't mean you won't have an incredibly productive receiver this year. It's Lane Kiffin. It's Jeff Lebby. They'll find somebody that can be productive. Ole Miss has talent at wide receiver. NFL talent, potentially, at wide receiver. But when you say, yeah, this guy is as good as Elijah Moore, or this guy will replace Elijah Moore, I know I'm really splitting hairs with that, but that really undersells what you just saw. One of the best players in the history of your school. It's first-round pick. A.J. Brown wasn't a first-round pick. D.K. Metcalf wasn't a first-round pick. It's a special, special player. And so... I just seeing that I think set, saying that sets up those kids for failure because when they don't dominate like Elijah Moore, it's well, what's wrong with them? Well, because they're not him, and that's okay. Said that before. Sorry for being repetitive, um, but a really special day for that kid. I'm very happy for him. Mistakes. I said this on Twitter. It's kind of sappy, but it's true. Um, I have learned it recently in, in my life through a couple people close to me that have gone through some stuff lately. Everybody's going to make mistakes. Some much worse than others, but it's going to happen. And they don't have to define you. You know what defined Elijah Moore? His work ethic? Some natural born ability as well. But using the mistake he made as motivation to prove the haters wrong, and that's exactly what he did. I'm really happy for him. And I imagine all of you guys are as well. It's a good story. Self-inflicted wound, picking himself off the mat, kicking the SEC's ass, and making a few million bucks more than I will ever see in my life here in a few months. It's a great story. Good kid. Really good for Ole Miss, too. I mean, there's another breaking news, more at 11. Um, Ole Miss is going to get a lot, a lot of run out of Elijah Moore. Um, I imagine it's pretty easy for Lane Kiffin to call some wide receiver recruits today. I have a feeling that's pretty easy to do. (laughs) So, yeah, really good day for him. Great player and a good story. Speaking of that, I'm going to play. Uh, I'm going to slap on the end of this. Uh, Lane Kiffin met with the media yesterday. It was mostly around pro day, but he was asked some other stuff as well. Um, and I'll play that for you. So here's Lane Kiffin. This was yesterday, um, after pro day, with the media, and uh, that will end the podcast. So enjoy your baseball this weekend. I, I think I'm going to do something Sunday. I hope I, I am able to. It just depends on how much time I've got with. Um, now three shows that I'm doing, and this podcast isn't daily, but I'm doing a daily morning thing, the actual radio show and this, plus chasing around a one-and-a-half-year-old and trying to get my life together. Um, it's tough, so we'll see. I'm hoping to do it. I'm hoping to do it, so we'll see if I'm able to. Enjoy your baseball this weekend. Uh, big, I wouldn't say big series, but important series for Ole Miss this weekend and pro day for Elijah Moore was just a a great success, and uh, he's about to be a very rich man.
That's for sure. So y'all enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your baseball. And I will talk to you next time, whenever that may be. See you then. Hey, Lane. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I just wanted to know, like, kind of with this year and everything being kind of all weird and different with the combine, what were your kind of thoughts on on everything, how it all went, and uh, how, how these guys did? Well, we don't really have a lot to do with the pro day. Um, you know, that's for the pros. And, um, you know, I know it's a little bit different because they didn't have the combine like you mentioned. So, um, you know, we don't do a whole lot in it. Um, sound like... You know, Elijah did really well, ran really well, said all the times were sub 4-4 and a lot of low 4-3s, so it's great for him to help himself. And um, I do think with him, you know, I think that it's important to understand his play count and his workload in a game is much different than a lot of these other receivers that you compare him to in the draft. So when you watch him, sometimes maybe he doesn't look quite as fast sometimes. you got to understand – all right, he's playing a lot of plays, and there's about, you know, five to ten seconds between snaps. He's not going back to a huddle, sitting there for 30 seconds, you know. So um, I've said all along he's a lead player. Um, I should be a first-round draft pick. And with his work, I think he's going to play for a long time, um, you know, in that league. So – Sometimes guys that are a little smaller, and you probably know this too, working on the professional level and also on the college side too, sometimes guys that are a little smaller may get overlooked and they have to prove themselves in different ways. What does Elijah do to kind of overcompensate for not being the biggest guy in the world, in your opinion? Well, he was 5'9", 5 today. Um, You know, so, you know, it's not like he's a midget. Um, And he's proven to go take the ball away from people. We actually played him outside at times. Um, you know, even though obviously his natural position would be inside. Um, but, you know, the guy plays physical, um, you know, and sometimes there's, there's guys that size that don't, and there's a big difference, you know, and they're not tough. This is a very tough kid. This kid's wired right. You know, someone asked me today, you know, this kid's wired like Amari Cooper or Derrick Henry, like all there is is football, and that's all, that's all he knows, and it's how he works, how he prepares how he practices, um, you know, those three guys remind me a lot of each other that way. Go to Pranav. Coach, spring practice started on Tuesday. What is your overall assessment of spring practice so far? Um, yeah, we've had two days now. Um, that's why we weren't involved a lot in pro day. Um, we practiced this morning and watched the film this afternoon. So um, it's good to be out. We've never had a spring ball here. Um, you know, I know some teams maybe had a week before they stopped a year ago with COVID. We had none. So it's really good for the players, for the coaches, um, with some new coaches as well uh, to get out there. And, you know, a lot of a lot of different guys to look at with, I think, 14 mid-years. So um, scholarship mid-years alone. So it's awesome to have some new bodies, especially I think 12 of them are on defense. Um, a lot of those are in the back end. Hey, Coach. We'll go to Ned. And you brought up Amari and Derek and some of these guys. Just what advice do you have for Elijah and Royce and some of these guys having worked with so many pro guys in the past of the preparation and what kind of is important about this process? Well, I hope that, you know, that's, you know, we talk about pro mindset here. I hope that, you know, we've prepared them for this. You know, that's, we have high expectations how they are to prepare, you know, for every week, um, you know, and, and treat them like pros. So, 
Um, I would like to think that, you know, over to places we've been where we've done similar things, guys have had very easy transitions um, in their first year into the NFL because, you know, it's not a, you know, it's not a shock to them about how much work they need to do and how they need to take care of themselves and prepare um, in training camp for the season. So um, hopefully that helps. And I think that our systems, you know, uh, mirror in a lot of ways um, what they're going to do at the next level. You know, where I know people at times say, well, no, they go fast, they're spread, so that doesn't translate. Well, that's not really what we do all the time. We just go fast, but we run the same plays they're going to run on Sundays. So uh, I think it helps the guys a lot, and I think it makes it easy for the NFL to evaluate them. Flip side of it, what's the value to the program of having guys from your team get into the NFL recruiting or just kind of building a program? Yeah, I mean, you know, we want to obviously, you know, um, get guys there, um, but you know, have a lot of guys for long term. You know, it's marketing. If you're, you know, you know, a lot of those guys choosing to go to Alabama, they're going there because they've seen for years and years, you know, the guys' success in college, and then, you know, guys, so many guys getting drafted. You know, similar to, you know, the days years ago at USC when we were there. So, um, you know, that takes really good recruiting, more than more important than anything, and then development once they get there. Keelan, go ahead. Hey, Wayne, thank you for your time. Um, last year marked your first at Ole Miss. So how did being at a new program affect the amount of questions you might have received from NFL scouts and reps over this past year? Um, I think they're not as round, you know, um, as much. So I don't think, you you know, you deal with them, you know, where, you know, normally they're here all the time in the season, you know, in season. And, you know, you have them around and, you know, they're popping in and out of the office. But with COVID, obviously that didn't happen. So... Um, we've not had near as much um, interaction with them. Parrish, go ahead. Thank you. Wayne, I'm wondering if uh, if you saw Chad throw today and, and what you thought of his day. I did not. Like I said, we were, um, you know, we, we practiced this morning. Um, after that, had to watch film and prepare for meetings and everything. So um, I did not. I know that may sound strange to you guys, but I would say your job's for the players that you're coaching right here. You know, if we're recruiting some kid and I'm sitting out at pro day all day long, um, you know, when we're recruiting them, saying, well, we're here coaching you instead of out there. Or, like I say, the assistant coaches walking around handing out their resumes. Go to Mateus. Coach Kiffin, here's Mateus from Tamao, Brazil. Uh, uh, thank you for taking my question. Uh, uh, Elijah talked a lot about having you as a head coach, that, how that helped it to develop this game. And you have the NFL background. Talk with some Michigan guys, they talk about have, like Harbaugh, who was an NFL head coach. How do you think that this, this NFL background like, kind of can help you on develop these guys and maybe like even for the college level can make, it, make them better players? Well, I think there's certain things that you know, people can do, you know, with the kids as far as preparing them when there's a normal combine and the interviews that they go through and, you know, we do that. So, you know, when they get there, it's not their first time going through that. Um, but I think, you know, like we talk about pro mindset here, what we do, you know, on, you know, for their entire time here, I think is very similar to what they're going to do on Sundays and what the expectations are for them. Um, now it's different here. Here you don't prepare and you don't do things right. You just don't play. There you get cut. But, um, you know, we try to teach them that. Keenan, go ahead. 
Hey, Lane, having that NFL background and experience, what intangibles do you think that these guys have that will make you, if you were still in the league, to go out and tell your GM, hey, I want Royce and I want Elijah on my team? Well, you asked about those two, so I'll stick with those two. Um, you know, we've talked about Elijah, you know, unbelievable preparation. You know, people always say they want guys that love football. You know, you go in a team room, ask how many guys love football, they all raise their hands. But, you know, if you love something, you do everything to protect it. And that's what, um, you know, those few guys that really do love it do. And, you know, they're not sidetracked at all. Um, his focus every day that we've been here with him, you know, it was all about being, you know, a great player um, and doing everything that he could for his team, um, including bringing along players at his position group and other players. Um, I think that, you know, Royce played really well this year, and he's got film from before being a guard too, so I think that's very valuable, um, you know, so people can look at him at both spots. Um, and I think he played really well this year. All right, and a quick follow-up. Is there, are there any players that you've coached before that these guys remind you of? Um, not necessarily. I mean, I get the Elijah question all the time, and we never, we've never really had a that size slot player of all the places really we've been. Um, he's usually been a little bit bigger and more outside guys. Um, so um, I didn't coach him, but he kind of looks the most to me like the Steve Smith, the Carolina Panthers Steve Smith not the USC one, um, you know, just not quite as bulked up, but very similar player from the stop-start. All right, we've got time for two more questions. Phil, go ahead. Hey, Coach, this is Phil Corral from Overtime Fantasy. How are you doing today? Good. All right, um, so how much have the players on your current roster uh, benefited from having a new strength program and coaching staff? Well, I don't know. Um, I I like to think we played better last year than the year before, but, um, you know, I think we got a great strength coach in Wilson Love that, you know, we brought was initially at Alabama as an assistant when we were there and then brought him to FAU as the head guy and now here, and he does a great job with his staff. Um, and I think our coaches um, did a good job in not having spring ball for our first year and, you know, um, going 5-5 five and five with a very – you know, all SEC schedule and a top whatever 10, 10 bowl team. All right, final question goes to David. Hey, Lane, you had a long snapper go through uh, workouts today that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, over his four-year career never botched a snap. Uh, you know, what does it take for a long snapper, a specialist like that, to, uh, to be able to latch on and get an opportunity? Well, it, it's specialists are always the hardest, you know, because you only got one of them. And so the turnover, you know, if there's not turnover, you know, um, with guys retiring or getting cut, then there's not spots. So that's always extremely tough, and especially at the long snapper because, you know, guys are able to stay healthy for so long that they play forever, you know. So, you know, there's not a lot of turnover there. It's very difficult. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.